Welcome, bienvenidos to the thirteen forty seven podcast. Big shout out to our international audience. We've had some folks since the the last two episodes tune in and show uh, the podcast some love. I'd like to recognize Casablanca, Morocco. Big shout out to Casablanca. Thank you for tuning in. London, England. Big shout out to London, England. Lisbon, Portugal. Thank you so very much, Lipson, for, for reaching out and showing us some love. And, and lastly, Dundas, Ontario, Canada. Always appreciated the international audience knowing that we are sharing some things in common, that we are providing some content of benefit. And we really, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to tune in to the podcast. So welcome. And please, please shoot me a line if... There are things in your area of the world that you would like to like for us to touch on. We are our similarities are much, much more closer than our differences. And I've had some experience in working with my brothers and sisters in the UK uh, with various related healthcare fraud schemes and other policy related issues. So we are much more aligned than we are uh, opposite. So. Once again, appreciate all of our international listeners. This episode was inspired by multiple conversations and requests that I've had and received primarily over the last couple of months from uh, senior citizens, and patients uh, who I've presented in front of in various um, settings such as nursing homes and community centers and talking about um, how to protect themselves against fraudsters. And a quite, a quite a few of them have asked me about the explanation of benefits and what is this form and why is it sent out. And quite frankly, they don't always understand some of the technical language contained in this document. So I wanted to fast track this episode to get that out to, this, to that audience because I think it's, it's vitally important that we touch on a very simple document, but a, a very important document. Simply put, uh, the EOB is the statement sent by a health insurance company to covered individuals explaining what medical treatments and or services that were paid for on the patient's behalf. The EOB is not a bill. It's just a summary of services provided. That's very important. So uh, please do not pay what is displayed on the EOB. Uh, there are other, obviously, correspondence and documentations that your health insurance company will send out um, if indeed there's anything that's due. Patients are the first line of defense against the detection of healthcare fraud and abuse. And the EOB is typically one of the first signs of fraudulent activity. Okay, let's examine the elements of the EOB, which may vary in format from provider to provider, but there is basic information displayed on all EOBs. First, the name of the insurer and the mailing address should be displayed. The date the claim was received by the insurer. The date the claim was processed by the insurer the claim number as assigned to the service 
and for my auditors, investigators, and those analysts that are in the healthcare fraud uh, investigations business, the claim number is extremely important to be able to have at your recall. There could be multiple claim numbers in a single visit. So always keep that in mind to track that claim number because uh, whoever is in control of your data warehouse, whether you're outsourcing your data, whether there is a custodian of records, blah, 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 it's important to reference the claim number. The name of the patient should be displayed on the form. The patient ID number, the provider's name, the provider's ID number, the patient account number, the member's name, and the member's ID number. All should be somewhere on the, the EOB. Also, claim details to include the type of service provided, date service was provided, the place of service, the procedural code build, the amount allowed, the amount disallowed, the name of the provider who, or the insurance company who paid the claim, the member responsibility to include copayment, deductible, co-insurance. And on the back of the form is typically a statement regarding the patient's appeals right with a toll-free number to call if there is a question. What can be gleaned from EOBs and fraud investigations, and this is for um, my investigators and auditors, is the EOB supports the allegations of upcoding. It supports the allegations of services not rendered. It supports the allegations of identity theft. Next, and this is very important, it's a necessary comparison document against the provider's explanation of benefit. Wait, what? The provider's explanation of benefits is something that the attending physician or the entity that provided the service receives as a result of that service. It's a summary of what they treated the patient for and ultimately what they will be billing for. So they get a copy uh, typically doesn't look exactly like the EOB, but the provider gets a copy. And also for the investigator, it proves intent, right? That the provider knew or should have known that they provided that service because they're getting the receipts in the mail or summary in the mail or someone who is providing the administrative services for that physician is getting copies of those summaries. Extremely important. And many of Many, many investigators and auditors do not know that, that providers get a copy of the services they provide to their patients as well. So, very important footnote. Um, a necessary comparison document and a few facts from my investigative experience. It's not unusual for patients uh, to never open their document. Patients may be elderly, and a guardian is responsible for medical oversight. And the EOB is just, for whatever reason, is just never closely examined. If you can imagine someone who 
you know, is receiving dialysis or or has a terminal illness, they're they're probably um, at the doctor's office or some service dealing with medical related events quite frequently, several times a week. And you can imagine the number of EOBs that piles up. So it's not un, not uncommon for those to go unopened. In some instances, and I've heard this from some patients I've interacted with over the last month or two, patients may not fully understand the medical procedure codes. Um, the suspicious and or erroneous EOBs are not always reported to the appropriate authorities. I've had several patients and individuals said, hey, I, I've read it, but I don't understand it. I know for sure I didn't go to the doctor, but I just whatever reason, didn't report it. I don't know who to report it to. Once again, um, a starting location in, is the, the appeals on the back of the document and let your, your health insurance company know that um, you didn't see the doctor on that particular day of service. And if you have supplemental documentation, please keep it. Providers can be subjects of identity theft as well. And it's once again, providers are not always administratively sound, so it may be an oversight on their staff's part or their part if they're a small operation or if their identity is stolen, they are receiving provider explanations of benefit, but for whatever reason, they're not able to catch um, identity theft on their end either. And lastly, please maintain a current and accurate mailing address that's on file with your health care insurance company because that's where the EOB will be mailed out to. Big shout out to the Texas Oversight Nation and all the great questions we get each week from our subscribers. Thanks to the 1347 staff who worked tirelessly to ensure my job is seamless in producing this podcast. If you found the content of this podcast useful, please let us know by dropping us a line at info at texasoversight.com or subscribing to our group at texasoversight.com and following us on Twitter at Texas Oversight. Lastly, Please remember, when your passion meets your purpose, great things will happen. Peace.